0: Hi everyone, Win Claybaugh here. This week's Masters Classic features everyone's favorite nanny, Fran Drescher. Known around the world for her award-winning TV series, Fran is also a cancer survivor who uses her celebrity platform to raise awareness about cancer prevention and early detection, partnering with your doctor and being an informed medical consumer instead of a patient. Listen in as she talks about her cancer schmancer movement and how she turned her pain into purpose. I hope you'll enjoy this message, share it with your friends, and sign up for our mailing list at mastersbywinclaybaugh.com. Masters is also available on your favorite podcast platforms. And now, please enjoy this Masters Classic with Fran Drescher. Hi everybody, Wynn Claybaugh here and uh, today is a really special day because to be able to use this wonderful platform that we have, uh, especially within the beauty industry, to send out some incredible messages and raise awareness, raise money. And that's exactly what today is all about. And I'm so honored to be sitting with this amazing woman, Fran Drescher. Fran, welcome.
1: Hi, Wynn. Thank you.
0: Now everybody knows who you are from your your TV shows, uh, The Nanny, and your new one, Happily Divorced, which uh, we're actually at CBS Studios right now and got to hang out there in the parking garage while you filmed something. How long would that last a little minute clip there that took about three hours. Is oh, that about right?
1: I know. And, you know, that was our very first outdoor scene. So it was kind of momentous in the history of the series because we'd never actually busted out of the soundstage before. And, of course, it never rains in California, but it when it pours, yeah. man, it pours as the song goes. And we were, you know, trying to work between raindrops
0: and Joan Collins was there. I love Joan Collins. Joan Alexis is awesome. Carrington.
1: Oh, she's so great. <laughs> she looks amazing. She delivers her lines so great. She's got great charisma. She's a real star. It's no wonder that she is who she is cuz she is really the definition of a uh, of a, of a star. And she's really lovely, easy to work with and we're thrilled to have her recur this season on Happily Divorced.
0: That's great. Well, before we get into the the real topic here today, uh, you've been made famous with this voice, and some people think that this is a made-up voice.
1: What do you mean? (laughs) 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 Who could make this up?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the whole purpose of us coming together is you launched a wonderful organization, a foundation called Cancer Schmancer, and that's mainly out of your own experience, being uh, diagnosed or misdiagnosed is probably the better term here. And uh, just for you to tell your story of what that was all about and and what it eventually turned into.
1: Well, it took me two years and eight doctors to get a proper diagnosis of uterine cancer. I got in the stirrups more times than Roy Rogers. (laughs) And I ended up, by the grace of God, still being in stage one And so a radical hysterectomy was all that was needed to cure me of the cancer. But what it did was put me onto a path that I never imagined I'd be on. And I began to heal emotionally by turning my pain into purpose. And so I first wrote the New York Times bestseller Cancer Schmancer because I didn't want what happened to me to happen to other people. And uh, then the that became not the end, but just the beginning of what's a life mission, and it kind of morphed into the movement, the Cancer Schmancer movement, which is a three-prong organization uh, covering early detection, because if you catch it on arrival, 95% survival, and prevention, because over 90% of cancer is environmental. And uh, so, you know, if you live a healthier, more toxic-free lifestyle, you can reduce your risk of cancer and policy change because the more pressure we could put on our elected officials to protect uh, the nation and our overall health and well-being, the better off we are. So that's what Cancer Schmancer is all about. And uh, I feel like, you know, turning pain into purpose is extremely healing. And it also helps to make sense out of the senseless. So um, it's different. It's new. It's optimistic, it's fun, it's exciting, and I think that uh, it invites people into the cancer space in a very proactive, kind of confident uh, way that is maybe different from other cancer organizations. Through
0: your own experience, you challenge people to become partners with their physicians. What What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I think that all too often, and particularly in the last century, doctors were seen more as gods than people, and uh, people were often either intimidated or just became very kind of infantile around their doctors, and whatever they said goes. But as we know, doctors are very busy people who are often bludgeoned by health insurance companies to go the least expensive route of diagnostic testing. In addition, their malpractice insurance forces doctors to not really devote as much time as they necessarily should. And so many of them subscribe to the philosophy, if you hear hooves galloping, don't look for zebra it's probably a horse but if you happen to be a zebra you know and you're going to start slipping through the cracks and the outcome may not be as good for you and that's kind of what happened to me except i was lucky enough to have a very slow growing cancer and was still at the very early stages But a woman with ovarian cancer who's often misdiagnosed for irritable bowel syndrome may not be so lucky because she really doesn't have a moment to lose. So we tell everybody from Cancer Schmanza to transform from being a patient into a medical consumer and learn what the early whispers are of the cancers that may affect you and the tests that are available so when you go to the doctor you can be better partners with him because some of the tests that you need may not even be on the menu at the doctor's office so it's really important that you go in uh, as a medical consumer armed with information and knowledge because knowledge is power And uh, you never want to give your doctor power of attorney over your health because, you know, and I I say power of attorney because that's the term that they use for people that let someone else handle their money. And I don't do that with my money, and I'm certainly not going to do that with my body because, you know, when the doctor calls and tells you you have cancer, at the end of the day, he goes home and eats dinner with his family while you go home and eat your heart out with yours. So whose life is it anyway? It's your life. you got to take control of the situation. We put more time, energy into the buying, selling, and repairing of our automobiles than we do our own bodies. And that's just unconscionable, and it's got to stop. We're in the 21st century. We have to be more proactive.
0: You mentioned that people should become less a patient, more of a medical consumer. Have you found that the medical world is open to that, like, like doctors prefer it, that their patients, their medical consumers come in and ask the right questions and challenge them on, or?
1: Well, what I always tell people is, you know, if your doctor doesn't want to hear what you have to say or doesn't give you the time that you feel you need, that's not the right doctor for you. They don't deserve to have you as a patient. You know, they're charging top dollar and you're in time, and this is important and you're entitled to feel like you have his undivided attention for as long as you need it. And you can have a dialogue with this person. And uh, I think that this is also a fault of our medical schools. Because I think that there isn't a whole lot of attention paid to bedside manner and how to respect the patient, Mm -hmm. and how to appreciate that the patient knows best what's going on in their body. The patient knows best what they're feeling, and the patient knows when something is wrong. And they're not to be dismissed. They're to be listened to. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I don't think that there's a great enough emphasis on that as we continue to turn out uh, young doctors into the medical world, I don't think that they are given the skill set to really be able to deal with patients in a way that invites a conversation.
0: You said that the the solution or the hope is in catching this in stage one, correct? Are there statistics out there about how many have missed that window, have missed that opportunity?
1: Yes, there are. You know, every different cancer has a different statistic, but like for example, I can go back to ovarian cancer, Uh, women with ovarian cancer, over 80% of them will find out in the late stages and over 70% of them will die. The reason why we lose loved ones to cancer is almost always due to late stage diagnosis. Which is really unacceptable in a great nation such as ours. But you know, when the United States has been determined to be number 37 by the World Health Organization. Now, how is that possible? It's It's just really embarrassing. It's disgusting. And that's why I have been supporting President Obama in his health care program because. All the nations that have any kind of nationalized health care are much more prevention in spirit because, at the end of the day, it's cheaper not to get sick in the first place. Right. And so, we have been a nation driven by the profit margin of big business, big pharmaceuticals, and, uh, and, 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 big corporate uh, health insurance companies. And, uh, you know, that has got to be reversed. It just doesn't uh, work. And it's unsustainable. And, I mean, do we want to be a nation that is, lives longer but sick and completely uh, hooked on prescriptive drugs? I say no. Uh, you know, through lifestyle change, nutrition, nutrition, Um, And attention paid to stress reduction, a, a complete lifestyle overhaul that has an impact on not only ourselves and our families, but our environment and our overall sense of calm and serenity, which has a huge impact on how stressed we are. And when you stress, you compromise your immune system. And, you know, people think, oh, I'm a workhorse. I could just plow through this. No problem. Yeah, everything's falling apart in my life, but I'm just going to keep on trucking. And it's like, you know, eventually your body is going to catch up with you because um you really can't uh, keep going and not stop and replenish and give your body more nutrients. I tell everybody you know, the more organic you can eat, the more natural you can go in what you clean and garden with, um, the more natural uh, skincare products you use. Uh, the better off you're going to be in the long run. And uh, we're working on a policy right now that was inspired by our Trash Cancer program, which is our latest program from Cancer Schmancer. And this policy is to encourage manufacturers to develop carcinogen-free products. And if they do so and can prove at their own expense through an approved third-party Lab that they do have a, a a particular product that's carcinogen free, then they can pay a fee and earn the privilege of putting on their uh, labels a cancer carcinogen free government seal of approval. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will last for a limited amount of time because, uh, let's face it, you know standards are um, constantly changing. And as we learn more about the propensity of chemicals that we expose ourselves to each and every day. So, you know, my advice to your listeners is err on the side of caution. And uh, try and live as clean a lifestyle as you can. And follow TrashCancer.org or CancerSchmancer.org and take the Check, Choose, and Change Challenge. And as you start to replace things in your home, what you clean and garden with, your personal care items, as well as the foods you eat, start thinking about replacing them with healthier options. And you can effectively begin to reduce your risk of cancer uh, for both you and your family, because over 90% of cancer is environmental. And it turns out the most toxic place we spend the most time in is our home. home. well. Wow. And we don't have control over a lot of things, but we certainly do over what we bring into our home.
0: I've always liked your approach. It's not about uh, people study the ill. They study people who are sick. And what you're saying is, why don't we study people who are healthy and well and learn from that vantage point
1: totally i mean you know what we'll we're, uh you know trying to find a cure for cancer well frankly there hasn't been one since nixon waged the war and the president's cancer panel of 2010 came out with a 200 page report that essentially said that there is no cure for cancer it's just going to become more and more prevalent as we continue to inundate ourselves uh, with more and more toxic uh, chemicals and carcinogens, so what is the best way to cure cancer? Well, how about not getting it in the first place? Yeah. Isn't that the best cure?
0: Yeah. yeah, prevention. Yes. So, what are your goals with uh, cancer, Schmancer, and again, the new movement that you have called Trash Cancer? Because you're not this—you're not this huge hundred million dollar nonprofit foundation. No, you're, you're, in you're kind fact, of we a... heavily
1: depend on the generosity of your foundation. Thank you very <laughs> much. No, we're a lean, mean, small organization that actually has a very long reach because of our celebrity component, which enables me to do a massive amount of media and reach millions of people on a weekly basis. So, you know, we're not fat in the pocketbook, but our message is clean and clear. And uh, it's very appealing to Americans. And we see that we're impacting uh, consciousness and it, people are beginning to change the way they think and they're waking up because you know once you wake up and smell the coffee it's hard to go back to sleep and we at cancer schmancer are sounding the alarm now if you go to trashcancer.org you can see that we have a ability to you can say what product you're questioning and And we will tell you on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the worst, whether or not it's considered to be high in uh, carcinogens. Now, then you can make your own decision whether or not uh, this is something that you're ready to give up or something that uh, you want to replace. You know, at the end of the day, manufacturers don't want to kill us, they just want to sell us. And so through the power of good old fashioned, all American consumerism, uh, we can get a loud message to them And in so doing, they will change their formulas. You know, we were very, very active in putting pressure on Johnson & Johnson with their No More Tears shampoo. Because that is a shampoo that's touted as safe for children. It's designed for babies. And yet, it was very, very high in formaldehyde, which is a carcinogen. So, they changed their formula. Wow. Wow. They changed the formula, and that's a great victory for us. But it's also a great victory for the American people, and at the end of the day, it's a great victory for Johnson & Johnson because it makes them look good, and what they're doing on behalf of their uh, customer is very important because I think that, you know, to be a uh, big corporation nowadays has to include uh, philanthropy and taking into consideration what is in the best interest of the consumer, not just what is in the best interest of your shareholders.
0: How much, if you were to try to guess, how much of your time now is divided between your career as an actress and producer and everything else and how much of your time is spent in philanthropy? Doing the work of Cancer Schmancer and being this uh, very outspoken advocate of of women's issues and cancer.
1: You know, I I would say that I work on both every single day. Mm. And one informs the other. You know, I had been... Uh, encouraged to run for an elected office, but when the opportunity to get back on national television came through, I felt like, okay, this is a great uh, platform for me to be able to reach a lot of different people through media and the attention that I'm going to get from being on a successful television show to spread the word and the message of the things that I'm passionate about. First and foremost, obviously, is better health for every American. But, you know, I am out there fighting for civil liberties I'm very passionate about and education and arts and education so and of course ecology so you know it gives me a chance to really speak out on the greater good and I think that you know it's my obligation as a celebrity I mean if you are blessed with celebrity whereby people actually want you to talk um to you know say something that's meaningful and important and in the best interest of the greater good, I think, is your obligation.
0: I've said many times that one of the things that is heartbreaking for me about some of these reality shows that are really about nothing or they're about really terrible things, it's not so much that they're offensive, it's just that we're the conversations that really matter. People know more about what's happening with the Kardashians than they know about the movement and the information that you're sharing with uh, Cancer Schmancer, and that's what's heartbreaking.
1: Well, you know... Um,
0: I Are you to defend the Kardashians right now?
1: <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, my friend is... <laughs> I'm not, I think that there's room for everything, and it's the people's choice. So, again, you know, exercising consumerism and it, it is really what it all boils down to. I actually think that, you know what we do and what we say and the impact that we have socially um, is quite significant. Mm -hmm. And I have the benefit of being recognizable so people tell me all the time because of you i made that doctor's appointment because of your organization i knew to say this i knew to ask for that and you know you saved my life and it's like it's not just me it's me it's the organization it's everything that we stand for and you know it's all the special interest groups that are out there fighting the good fight so you know i think that the united states is the most philanthropic nation on the planet and uh, you know just this week um it was great to see this great nation in action uh in a presidential election and every state voting on different propositions and it's just very gratifying Uh, nothing is perfect but, at the end of the day, to see America in action, it proves what Jefferson said that you know we are the greatest experiment to the civilized world
0: I've heard you speak uh, many many times uh, on on talk shows face to face with you, and you speak very intelligently you're very uh well informed about the topic how how much of this existed before your own. Diagnosis or misdiagnosis?
1: Well, I think that I was often asked uh, to participate in other people's events, and, you know, I would walk red carpets and give opinions about whatever happened to be relevant in the news that week. Um, I'm not about dissing anyone really or uh, being negative or gossipy or anything like that, but there's always a slant to take about something. I like to be a unifier rather than a divider. And uh, I think that even as a young girl uh, and still living at home with my parents, I had aspirations to be in politics or a a public speaker, as well as a hairdresser, (laughs) as well as a writer, as well as a producer, as well as an actress. And, you know, lucky for me, I've gotten to do it all. So uh, I enjoy my life, and I enjoy having so many diverse interests, and I'm grateful that I have an opportunity to explore all of them.
0: And you are a hairdresser.
1: I most certainly am. You didn't
0: just throw that out there. Our listeners need to know you are a hairdresser. So uh,
1: I am, I am. I went to beauty culture school. Uh, You know, when I started working as a professional actress, it became a little difficult for me to pursue going to college, and yet I wanted to have some kind of a sheepskin to... Have, be as backup in the event that the acting didn't work out. So when I felt I needed to drop out of college, I decided to go to beauty culture school because that was something that had always interested me. And uh, it interests me to this day. I've, I'm very involved with my own hair and makeup in all the work that I do uh, because I am a cosmetologist. And I also have always, throughout the years, uh, given certain people haircuts, you know, friends and family. And uh, I enjoyed I usually like doing men more than women. And uh, so I always thought if I didn't make it in show business, I would have done a for men only haircutting <laughs> business. And done
0: and, quite well, I'm sure.
1: Uh, yes, well, I had a whole plan. And I always thought, you know, even if the acting didn't work out, you know, I I wanted to be successful, so I thought you know if I was if it didn't look like I was going to be successful, I was always I going to struggle as an actress. Then I would have shifted gears and moved back into uh, hairdressing, more full speed ahead. And uh, you know, when I was going to beauty culture school, Vidal Sassoon was you know, the man, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, I could be like that someday. Hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, I think it's a wonderful um, f- field, and it's creative and it's um, you know kind of like living art and it's always changing and updating and uh, so you know I'm proud to be part of the uh, cosmetology world and I support all those people that decide to go into that field.
0: You mentioned uh, Vidal Sassoon and that's kind of how he spent uh, his last years was full-time in philanthropy making a difference using his name using his celebrity his platform to raise money and awareness and giving back and I think in the world that we all live in, we all do what we can do. Yes. I mean, you, you got the voice. You have the celebrity. You have the name. You can pick up the phone and make things happen that maybe some of us, it would take a little bit more work to make that happen. Yeah. But I think the right. message for everybody is that you, you do what you can. Some people are really good at raising money. And uh, I remember Donny Osmond saying that the first time that he went to a Children's Miracle Network hospital, here he raises all this money. But he, when he went to the actual hospital, he was crying in the corner. He wasn't right present and available and so some people they can they can show up and they can change diapers and they can work with the needy and they can serve the patients and do all kinds of things but they're not good at raising money and so do you have a final message to our listeners or maybe even a a challenge on along those lines of you know doing what they can do
1: well I think that uh, you know a a lot of people always say that they don't really know what they want to do And uh, there are so many different options and causes out there. And I think that, you know, you have to kind of sit quiet and listen to your inner voice because that's closest to your creator. And really think about your life and your loved ones and how has life offered you an opportunity? or touched you in a way, and possibly a negative or even a painful way, where you might feel like, uh, you know, it never occurred to me that I can do something to help other people that are going through something that I went through or my loved one went through, and in so doing that, not only will it give resonance to my life, a meaning and a purpose to my life, but I'll also be helping others and I will make sense out of the senseless. So I would say that that's a great way to start to think about how you've been touched because nobody leaves this planet unscathed. And if you look at every experience as an opportunity for you to grow, to become a better person, then the opportunity may have already arisen and you didn't see it as such. So that would be, you know, my advice to you. And what the Buddhists say is that, um, you know... uh, people that try to make other people happy are happier than people that try to make themselves happy
0: hmm. well your whole message of pain into purpose i think that could be a a title of a book that could be a title of a, a whole campaign and that just resonates with me so much mm-hmm. thanks friend you're you're beautiful i love the passion that you have about this you know, I've, I've never been one that's starstruck unless it was a celebrity who was doing good. Oh, was doing well. heart. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's just an honor for me to associate myself with a company that, you know, walks the talk.
0: Thanks. We love you, sweetheart.
1: Thank you. Titto. Mm-hmm.